Check, check. Mic check. Moto 60 show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We're live on the air. It's 11 a.m. Pacific time. Thanks for uh, listening. Appreciate it. 702. 586-7857, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to talk some Bud's Creek coming up this weekend. Round 11, Luke's Oil Pro Motocross Championships. And, uh, man, this series is winding down. Um, hold on. Let me put this tweet out here on the air right now. Forgot to do this before the show. All right, there we go. Uh, Jason Thomas and Michael Antonovich coming on the show tonight, sir, today. So really looking forward to that. We're going to give away a set of 2020 Fly Racing Evo gear. It's top of their line uh, stuff that they make, and uh, it's got the boa on the back of the pants. And uh, we are going to give away a set of that today just for calling in at 702-586-7857. Also a Pro Taper uh, snapback hat as well from the folks at Pro Taper. So, yeah, just uh, call in, talk some moto, talk some Bud's Creek, talk some MXGP. Silly season, MXDN is coming up. Montreal Supercross also, by the way. I should be there at the middle of next month. Actually, one month, I think, from today. Um, so, yeah, lots to get to on the show today. And uh, thanks to Fly Racing for making it all happen, of course. Flyracing.com, 2020 gear is out now. New colors, new styles, new uh, formula graphics. And uh, please, yeah, check it out. Those guys are absolutely doing a great job. Zach Osborne, wearing Fly, like Baggett, wearing Fly, Bogle. Ben LeMay, you don't need me to go through the list of guys. From factory riders to privateers, Fly Racing supports them all. Thank you to Get, Get, Get. It's a little orange box on the front fender of Aaron Plessinger and Justin Barsher's Yamahas. Two-stroke and four-stroke ECUs. Their sister company is Athena. If you want a deal or anything from the folks at Get, email us using the contact form on the show. We'll pass that on, and you can uh, get savings. Get some Get savings. And uh, whether it's data loggers, whether it's uh, wireless hour meters, whether it's uh, their SOS uh, wire meter thingy that they just came out with, um, or like I said, Dan Truman and the guys at Get tell me that the two-stroke ECUs are absolutely killing it right now. So please check that out. ProTaper, ProTaper.com, you know the name. Crossbarless bar, 7 eighths bar, the Fusion bar, the uh, the oversized bar with a crossbar. ProTaper.com has got you covered. Uh, chains as well from those guys are great. Um, Geico Honda, JGR Husky, Rockstar Husky, JGR Suzuki, Rockstar Husky Worldwide, all using ProTaper products, man. You go to the website, look at all the stuff they have. Uh, they've done a great job with it over the years, building the brand up, and it's really high-quality stuff. You can tell by the racers and teams that use it. So thanks to ProTaper as well. 100%, those guys are on board with us. Their mega goggle is out, and the reviews are in. Absolutely uh, loving it. Uh, Kiefer. Kiefer is a... Very goggle, very big goggle snob, and uh, he likes the Armega. He's been wearing it a lot, so that says something for that for that goggle. I'll tell you that the goggles are crafted from the finest materials to provide racers with the highest level of functionality and accurate vision. They offer much more than goggles, though. These days, they got a big line of casual apparel, ranging from ultra technical athletic wear to officially licensed Geico Honda merch. Hundred percent is everyone for on and off the track. This is the best part of the deal is you go to Ride100percent.com and use the code MOTO60 at checkout to save 25% on casual apparel and accessories. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, you guys using that code and uh, supporting the show. 25% off casual apparel and accessories. And, um, by the way, I'm, I'm getting one of the new 100% mountain bike helmets shortly. Looking forward to trying that. That's where I'm at these days. Get excited about mountain bike stuff. Um, also, thank you to uh, Maxxis, Maxxis Tires, MXST, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, used by AJ Cantanzaro in Supercross. The IT tire line is coming out soon. I know some of you people 
Maybe you don't think of Maxxis when you think of tires for your dirt bike. You should. You should think of the MXSTs now. They're on that level. They're uh, they work well, and uh, they're used by a lot of top racers now. The folks at Maxxis is designed to. They've designed a uh, top-notch uh, tire for everybody, and the mountain bike tires are phenomenal, of course. Uh, Jason Thomas and Michael Antonovich coming on the show, 702-586-7857. we got a few lines open if you want to call in and talk. Bud's Creek this weekend. Is Roxon back? Was that just a track-slash-temperature ride from Ken Roxon? I'm going to ask Jason Thomas that. I'm going to ask Michael Antonovich that. Or is he back? He made mention at Washougal. That his issue that's been uh, hampering him, hampering him, yeah, hampering him physically. Uh, they've got a handle on it, so could it really, really work out that well? I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, Et he could clinch this weekend. Eli Tomac, if he if he dominates and puts some points, he could get back above that fifty point margin and he could clinch this weekend. Of course, Adam Cincinnati, Dylan Ferrandez. There's a nice points gap between them. Twenty eight points right now. Four motos left. So let's look forward to that. we got Thomas Covington coming back this weekend. The MXDN team was finally named. I want to talk some silly season stuff with the MCR team. Uh, I got a tip a couple days ago about something that the MCR team is looking at. So I want to talk to uh, Anton and JT about that and see what they think. Uh, 702-586-7857. Producing the show, holding things down over there, taking your calls. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Hey, Steve. I think try JT on a cell. Well, he gave me a oh, number, okay. and bad. their phone system slower than balls, so My bad. I'm I apologize waiting for on that. him, actually. So. Uh, how's the Taser, bro? It's awesome. Taser life? Better than I could have imagined. Dude. It's better than when I rode yours, and that's saying something. Every time you ride it, you want to just light up a it smoke? It gets better and better, yeah. yep. Just freaking <laughs> turn on to boost mode and just <laughs> blow around and get all the KOMs that I can get. Uh, easy on that. I got. <laughs> hey, I went out with Bradshaw. I got two KOMs, and I, del- uh, I deleted them. I deleted did you really? Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, it'd be do. nice if Strava let you delete, because I did feel a little bad. Yeah, you can delete it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, but... You know who joined the e-bike club? I don't know if you saw that. Uh, who, Randy? Yes. Yes, I saw that he in that little friendly buy, competition between you two. He didn't buy the preferred brand, but he still joined the e-bike life. It's it's all it's it's a step it's okay. in the right direction. Yeah, he he is now e-bike life, Randy Richardson. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Of course, his buddy Robbie bought a Taser. We like Robbie better than Randy. <laughs> Robbie got a Taser. We're team Taser. Me, you, and Robbie should get our Tasers. We should and just take over. And then we'll invite Randy out, and then we'll push him off the trail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for uh, for um, calling in, 702-586-7857. Lots to get to when it comes to this. Uh, and, uh, of course, the rookies made their debut last weekend. Uh, Jalik Swole, Jet Lawrence, Carson Mumford, Joe Schmoda all rode and um, uh, killed it. So, well, I shouldn't say killed it, but some of them killed it, some of them didn't. I think Jet Lawrence's ride was amazing. Uh, Jalik Swole was a little underwhelming, um, but lot, lots to talk to you about when it comes to the rookies. They're making a, a very big push, and they'll be uh, probably a little more comfortable this weekend at Bud's Creek, I would imagine. So, All right, let's get to our next guest, or our first guest, I should say, from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. It's Jason Thomas, JT. How are you? Everything good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Minneapolis at the Wh- moment. Why are you in Minneapolis? So, uh, yeah, everything's good. Why are you in Minneapolis? We have a sales meeting tomorrow and Saturday. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I get the weather for Bud's Creek, please? Uh, it's going to be hot. Uh, 91 will be the high. Uh, but East Coast, you know, it'll be hot and humid early. Yep. And, yeah, I'm looking, I don't think it's going to be like Florida hot. But uh, it's going to be tough for these guys because they haven't really had a tough race in a while as far as heat and conditions go. Okay, so... I asked at the top of the show, like, is Roxon back? Was Unadilla a temperature-slash-track comfort thing with Kenny? He mentioned at Washugo that yep. they had this thing on uh, under control, or, or not under control, but they knew what they were doing, this illness he's had. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Are we back to old Kenny? Uh, I, do, <clears throat> I do think uh, you're going to see some sort of dip. Uh, what that looks like, will you know, time will tell, but... Uh-huh. I do think the track and the conditions were a big factor in how he was just able to dominate last weekend. Okay. So not we're in your eyes, we're not going to see the same thing? Not in my opinion, no. Right, right. Okay. That'll be interesting no. uh, to I see. I mean, that, yeah. that could be a 2-3 type day or something. Sure. You know, yeah, terrible. yeah. No, no. 2-3 ter- would be think great. he goes 1-1 yeah. by yeah, one, one by 20 seconds is, is unrealistic. Right. Okay. All right. This place, this weekend, round 11. You love this track. You always love this track. I do. I do. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I think anybody 
I think anybody who grew up riding in Florida will probably agree. It's so similar. Did Red Dog dirt. like it? Did Red Dog like it? Yeah. I mean, he did, oh, yeah. he did yeah, well yeah. there, obviously, but I don't remember him telling me that mm-hmm. he liked Red Bud's Creek. I think everybody did because it's just so similar. The uh-huh. traction's the same. The dirt's the same. You can you know how to trust it, and it's so predictable. Uh, it's almost you know just such a natural feel when you get out there uh, where for, you know, riders in Florida going to High Point or mm-hmm. any of these other tracks, there's we're not used to that kind of dirt at all. We're not used to the off-camber. Um, and, and Butch Creek has a few off-cambers, but uh, overwhelmingly the dirt, it has the same color, it has the same feel. Right. Uh, and all that translates into to usually lowering your lap time. It's, uh, I, I mean, we don't need to get into the start that they've left since, it, since the MXDN. It's ridiculous. But, yep. um, and, and the way, and I mean, did you like it when they turned it around in different directions? The track? Yeah. Or the start. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind the variation of it. Um, I've ridden it a bunch of ways, and, and my first year there was 96, racing amateur, no, 95, racing amateur class. Uh, so, yeah, I've ridden it every possible way, and I don't mind it either direction. It's counterclockwise um, right now, you know, so... <clears throat> Yes, uh, counterclockwise would be my choice. Okay, so that's the way I would prefer it. Um, but yeah, I mean, some sections are better going some ways, and some sections are better going others. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of give and take. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's for me. I I uh, I like this race. Uh, I like the track. It's not one of my favorites. It's not up there. I just this one is just an okay national for me uh, when you grade them all. You know, in all sorts of different ways. It's it's a, yeah, I do like the the. Um, you can see the whole track, or most of it. You can see 85% of the track. You know, I like that part when right. you're watching it. So that part's really good. But um, I do feel like it's a bit one line. You're kind of just sweeping the turns, going up a hill, going down, sweeping a turn. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it can be tough to pass. Yeah. Uh, but I, I there's always compromise, you know? Yeah. I like the track. It's one of my favorite, as we said. Um, but, yeah, I don't. You know, it's always hot there, even when it was. It used to be in June on Father's Day weekend. Yeah. And it was crazy hot then. Now it's in August. It's crazy hot now. Yeah. Super humid. Uh, so, yeah, that's, to me, is is a bit of a drawback, and that's weather. So, yeah, some people don't care about that. But to me, right. it's a little bit of a negative. We see, uh, definitely see other races that generally have better weather or just more more appealing climate. You know, it's just not miserable hot. You know, you know it's going to be miserable hot going in every single time. Yeah. So, I- I tell um, people like I don't. It could be, it could have something to do with my bike breaking that day. But 1998, it was unbelievable humidity. I, 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 I. It's one of my races that I just remember getting lightheaded at, really struggling at 1998. Um, so it's I, hot, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's back when it was in June. So I don't particularly remember that one being over the top. But yeah, you pushed a bike for a while. So that, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that probably was a tougher experience right, than normal. Right. right. And, and never mind the heart rate racing at all. Uh, so, um, yeah. look, I, I like Eli to win this thing, and, and we'll see how he did this, does this weekend. He actually could clinch this weekend if he has a great weekend and, and things fall his way. But uh, the Ferrandez uh, seen Cirillo battle is still going on 28 points. Does Bud's Creek favor one of those dudes? Is it Adam because a Florida guy, even though he's not there? But is it Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just the. Uh, Location of his first ever win, which I, I don't believe is a coincidence. I think, uh, yeah, I have him to win the race tomorrow. I think it he'll be able to get a good qualifying spot. He'll get a good start being on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll, uh, he will benefit from just familiar confines of that track and coming off of last year's first ever win. Right. Hard to see him not being on the podium in worst case, huh? Like... Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you look at his results, he, his worst moto finish is a fifth, and one of those fifths was because of a penalty. Every other moto, he's been on the podium. Mm-hmm. So how do you not think he'll be on the podium at, you know, the track he got his first win at right. and, you know, all the, all the other things that I mentioned? Yeah. Um, the rookies. We saw him come in uh, in Unadilla, Jalik Swole, Jet Lawrence, Joe Schmoda, Carson Mumford. They'll be better this weekend, you think? I mean, hard to beat uh, that eighth from Jet is pretty damn impressive in the second moto. But uh, what's your take on these guys? And a little underwhelming. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would be shocked if Shimoto wasn't better than thirty six, thirty five. That's <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. that's my first take. Right. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> a little good, bitter. Stephen A. Thomas with the, with the hot take. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bitter with the uh, Joe Shimoda DNF DNF. I'll yes. be very forward with that. Right. 
Um, but yeah, Jet. I think Jet was in, you know, in process of getting uh, top ten overall. Uh, he just had a big crash in the first one. He was in thirteenth, and he, from watching his second moto, you've got to assume he was going to go forward. So um, he would have had a good day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think he'll probably replicate something similar to that. And uh, Mumford, Mumford's tough to say. You know, he's only uh, he's only got one race under his belt. That would be a few thirty-minute motos. Um, he looked like he went backwards a little bit the second moto. Um, but yeah, I don't expect him to just jump off the page. Um, the one person I would expect to see some improvement from is Jaleek Swole. Uh, yeah, I keep coming back to this Florida thing, but I think he'll feel more comfortable with the dirt. You know, Unadilla is so strange for most people to ride on, you know, especially the way it formed last weekend, just ruts down the straightaways and it's just like slot car racing. And, and, and the bottom of those ruts is really slippery and, and hard and rocks everywhere. So unless you have experience with that type of riding, it's like a completely different environment. It's like riding on the moon, you know, it's just, you get mm-hmm. thrown into your first ever race with all these guys on a track that you're not comfortable with at all. So I definitely felt for him and, uh, I'm not saying he'll, you know, bounce back and be in the top five or anything, but I think you'll see a much better Jaleek Swole this weekend than last weekend. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, word is Thomas Covington's coming back out. Yeah, uh, we saw him with Epstein Barr after after WW Ranch, and it's gone absolutely terrible for him. Uh, I'm to be honest, I'm mm-hmm. surprised he's coming back. Are you? Yes and no. Uh, I'm surprised only because I think it's a horrible idea, um, but I'm not surprised because I I hear he's under some pressure to get some results and be on the motorcycle. Um, and just from my experience with that Epstein-Barr ailment, if you're not 100% healthy, you're, you're just wasting your time and probably doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he is healthy, then, yeah, I don't know how much time he's had to actually get better. I mean, he just got married and got all kinds of outside racing life stuff going on. To me, it just more seems like he's getting unreasonable pressure. You know, you can you can pressure someone all you want, but if they're not prepared or able to get the result, they're not going to get the result. You know, you can be as mad as you want or mm-hmm. frustrated as you want with a rider, but to get a good – it takes a lot of variables all working together, and it doesn't seem like any of those are in the right place right now to, to get what's what they're asking of them. And if it is hot and humid, that could be – yeah, extra tough, right? Well, yeah, if he's yeah. not prepared, I mean, yeah. it's only going to be worse. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I've heard the pressure thing too, but I mean, why why would you put pressure on a guy that is just going to not that's not going to be ready? Like, I don't understand that part. Like, like if you're like if you're Rockstar or Bobby Hewitt or Husqvarna or whoever's putting pressure mm-hmm. on this Thomas Covington kid to go race, um, you you know how he's doing. You're monitoring his blood levels. You're watching his lap times uh, at practice. You're you're getting a log report of what he's been doing, all of this stuff. And if it's not on the level of where it needs to be, why would you say go race? What do you? How would you think this is going to turn out well? That's why I doubt this pressure well, stuff a little bit. Like I, I I'm a little skeptical. Like he must be on board with but this. But how how do you how do you doubt it when they tried to get him to race in Florida and he went out in one practice and was nowhere near it and called it a day again? Like how do you doubt it when they tried to talk him into huh. racing there? I just think that's on him, right? That's on him to say, like, yeah, I'll race. No. Like, I think I feel good. Like, I don't know. But because I how is it? I highly disagree with that statement. Well, okay. But if anybody's putting the heat on him, why would they think it's going to go well? Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think they either know enough or they just don't care. That's the only <laughs> thing I can point to. Because that would be the logical. What you're saying is logical. Like, I get it. And I would argue the same exact thing. That's why it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, because. But I hear from multiple multiple people that he's kind of getting getting told he needs to go race and i'm not even it doesn't matter from who if he's getting told he needs to go race then where shouldn't you insert logic into there somewhere you know that's what i'm saying you can be as frustrated with the situation as you want yeah but that's not going to fix anything that's why he must be ready to go (laughs) he must be i i don't know i I, I mean you're assuming that i just don't i think it's I think that would be the logical assumption, but I just don't think that's the case. Because if he's not ready to go and he sucks this weekend again, you're writing a paycheck to this guy and he's sucking because of reasons that we yeah, all know. But you, right. but you saw Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. One practice. See you later. Yeah, I yeah. mean, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. Have but, you seen any video of him out riding or heard about him out motoring since then? No, 
but I'm not I'm not plugged right. in I'm not plugged in with him and the team that much, you know. So I'm yeah. No, no, but yeah. I'm we're we're all fairly plugged into the two situations. Have you seen video or heard of him practicing at all? Negative. Is all I'm asking. You're right, and I haven't either. And maybe he has been, but I haven't heard about it, which is a pretty pretty strong signal to me. Right. Because if there was this attempt to race by the end of the season, there would be smoke signals of him getting ready to race again, and I haven't seen or heard about any of that. Well, if it goes terrible again, I'm just going to question everything, every decision again, and I'd just be like, what, what, what is going yeah, on? And, and I fully expect it to. And right. I, I really like Tom. He's such a nice kid, mm-hmm. and I, he wears, you know, he wears fly racing. I, I have professional reasons to root for him, but I don't expect this to go well right. because I don't think it's been, you know, thought through. I don't think the process is – Sure. is there to produce a good result. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, all right, let's get some phone calls. First up, it's uh, it's Brandon. Brandon, what's going on? How are you? What's your question for Jason Thomas? Good, man. Um, so I got a question about fly racing. Um, I've been following the release of the Formula Helmet, and I'm a mechanical engineer myself, so I think you guys killed it, and the design totally makes sense and knocked it out of the park. I think it's super important. Um, so I was curious, like for stuff like that, does fly racing have their own engineering department or do you guys mainly rely on third parties like Rion labs and stuff to bust out products like that for you? Uh, yeah, we have, um, well, we have a design team, right. That works with, uh, the engineers at Rion to, to develop the, the technology and then apply it to, you know, uh, the helmet that we, that our creative team creates. Um, so yeah, there's there's multiple departments across multiple com- continents that are in play to develop this helmet. Nice, that's cool. I like that. Cool. Um, yeah. Anything that's else? really all I had for you. I just uh, wondered how it was all set up. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you. you basically just to expound on you, you have um, you know most helmets and their base concept. You're gonna and most are gonna employ some sort of EPS. So we use. Uh, Conehead technology, which was developed by uh, Dr. Don Morgan, who's in Australia. Uh, so we um, purchased the rights to use that tech. So that's your that's one of the compounds. Then we used um, the Rion material that the engineers at Rion, um, Dr. Dan Plant, who's PhD two times over for uh, energy absorption. He developed that, and then our creative team, who um, Jerry Lathrop, who has developed, he had developed the F2. Uh, as well as most of the other helmets we have. So all three of those mines were put together to develop this helmet. So, yeah, there's a lot of different aspects and people coming together to lend their ex- different expertises. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty complex project that I, way over my head as far as how it all comes together, but I watched it from afar and see these people all working on the same thing. When's the first time you saw a drawing or heard about a formula or had a meeting about the formula? Uh, well, we... I mean, I would say four or five years ago, we were talking about we need to do something. Okay. Then that turned into the first meetings uh, with Dr. Dan Plant. Um, and then it was, it took a really long time for him to optimize the Rion because it started as this material called Armor Gel. Okay. And that was what he, he created it for the British military. And he wanted, he needed to optimize it so because it was built for a linear impact, like a, a bullet or a bomb yeah. explosion or something like that, to right. absorb energy. Right. Once he figured out that he wanted to put it in a motocross helmet, then he needed to optimize it so it would not only absorb the linear impact but also rotational, which is you know m- much more relevant for a motocross crash. So it took him quite a while to optimize it and build it in the configuration where it would accept both types of energy. Uh, and then that's when it really fast-tracked. Once that finished and he pa- got the patent and everything was, was configured in that way, then things moved really, really quickly. Uh, all right, let's go to Taco Tom. He's got an MXDN question. Taco Tom, what's up, bro? What's up? What's going on? What's your taco? What's your uh, MXDN t- question? Hey, I had a question. Um, actually, I have two. Are they allowed to make changes to the bike, uh, like GP changes, American guys? Or do they have to follow the AMA rule book still? No, they can use whatever they want, but, I mean, they're not going to develop and jump on a frame or cases that they don't have any time on. But, no, absolutely, they could do it. Yeah, they could run whatever. Okay. Yep. 
or like fuel or oils or whatever. Yeah, fuel has to be to the European spec. The sound is different, so they have to be a bit quieter than America. They have to have a counter shaft guard on their bike. Um, Okay. A few few changes they got to make. All right, so when Team America wins this year, will it be considered an upset because no Corolli or no Hurlings? Hurlings is racing, I think. Hurlings is racing. Yeah, Hurlings will be there. Oh. That's literally his oh, okay. only goal. I think he's going to race the last two, if I had to guess, the last two GPs. Uh, but his primary goal is to be 100% for Motocross Nations. But it will be an upset if if and when they win, Taco Tom. If it, <laughs> all right, I like that. Yeah, I, I, got, I got one more. Hold okay. On, I got one more. Can Go I ahead. One more? Sure. All right, Eli Tomac. He becomes the six-time MX champ or... He gets second place the next three years in Supercross championship. So you're saying he's gonna he's he's gonna get his third coming up here this weekend or next, right? Correct. And so you're Correct. saying he's gonna win three more outdoors. Correct. Correct. No, he wins a Supercross before then. He wins a Supercross. All right. What do you think, JT? It's a pretty big gap there. If I have to choose between six championships in a row or second place. Three more times? That's tough. Um, That'd be six wins and six seconds for. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Man, neither of those are likely. Uh, I guess six more or three more second places would be more likely. I don't know. Winning six outdoor championships in a row is pretty pretty difficult to pull off. Future Um, headlines. JT loves that segment. It's never been done. So I would say that's that's why I I had a favorite for JT. Right. JT, you in studio is way better than on the phone. Yeah. Wow. He Thanks. Needs, yeah. He's he's gonna move to Vegas, I think, soon. So I kind of have a real job, so it, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Taco Tom, you well, want a pro taper hat? Sure. All right. Stay on hold. Does it get your information? Thank all you. right. We'll ship that out to you. Thanks. For the, it. Yeah. Thank no problem. You. Thanks. Thanks to the folks at Pro Taper. ProTaper.com. We'll send Taco Tom a Pro Taper snapback hat. Uh, all right, JT. Uh, Michael Antonovich coming up here shortly on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. So Cooper Webb, uh, damn it, hurt his knee. Um, looks like he doesn't need surgery, just needs some rest, but he's done for the outdoors. So that was, uh, that was pretty good news. I did not expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Millville win, of course, one, one at Millville. Uh, other Mm -hmm. than that, um, actually I should have pulled these stats up beforehand. Other than that, uh, hold on. All right. Go ahead. Make your point that it wasn't a great outdoor. No, no. What was it to you? What was it? A success? Okay. Would you give it an uh, A? Would, it you, would you give so it a B? What? Would you give it a C? What would you give it? I would say so. What? Uh, once he won the championship at Vegas, uh, I think his his year was a success. Period. Okay. I think it was. I think it was his his fate as a successful season was sealed in that moment. Uh, whatever happened outdoors, who cares? Winning Millville was awesome. Um, but yeah, it did, it really didn't matter anymore at that point. As far as an overall grade, I was kind of like, yep, yep, you got it done. No one had him as a Supercross contender. Uh, Kiefer said he was going to be better. That's fine. But there's no way he even considered him to be a Supercross contender to win. No one did, and he got it done. So, yeah, successful season period, leaving in May. So, outside of Millville, um, four other podiums in motos. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so four, and then uh, Millville, so six podiums. In uh, 18 motos. Yep. I mean, it was even leaving the series early, not being a great outdoor season, it was still his best of three outdoor seasons. Yeah, by far. By far. So, yeah. So, like, we're going to, we have to, we have to keep that in mind. Such a successful Supercross season, we can't, we can't forget about the fact that this letdown and he probably didn't even care. He, he was probably like not even worried about an outdoor season, even a week after Vegas. You know, he was just on cloud nine and so happy to be over the pressure. And then he still comes out and has his best outdoor season of his 450, young 450 career. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I have no issue with anything that's going on in 2019. Didn't, didn't he lead Moto One of the year at Hangtown? I think he did. I think it was like, oh shit, it's on. I think he led. Yeah. For he whole shot at a lot of motos this year. Or maybe maybe he got maybe um, was second and Kenny was gone. I mean, Ken, Kenny might have been gone, but but he was second and he was for a long time. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, Coop. Yeah, Coop he, he had a lot of first laps this season, but yeah. you kind of knew, 
you knew early that he just didn't have it. He didn't have the pace. He couldn't go with him. Um, then he slowly got better and better and better, and then Millville was was obviously the peak of that. Almost, Millville was the standout ride, 1-1. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that muddy. You know, it was muddy first moto. Second moto looked better. Uh, I don't know if I would call it a mudder per se. So I don't think you can say, oh, it was a mudder. That's why Coop won. I don't know what happened to Millville. <laughs> I don't really know, but he was unbelievable. Yeah, he just rode great. I mean, he had a good day. Uh, you know, with, with him, he was putting himself in such a good position every time that it, it was just going to happen one of those days. Right. Two-time, two-bitty champ and supercross champ, he got the ability. And if you keep hole-shotting over and over and over, eventually it's going to click one day for a guy like that. So it wasn't surprising. It was, it was honestly more surprising it didn't happen sooner, in my opinion. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, just, it, was, it was a matter of time. We kept mentioning that. It was like, hey, with the guy this caliber, he's putting himself in a position to do well. Um, it's going to one of these times here. The uh, Justin Barsha got third at Unadilla in the first moto. Best ride of the year. Looked great. Good track yeah. for him there, obviously. Other than that, mm-hmm. dude, it hasn't been good. Uh, he came in injured. You know, his wrist and everything else. He, and I don't think he's happy with the bike. He's sort of let people know that a little bit under the radar. Um, what has he got? Is he going to rebound an Ironman, do you think? That's his place? And Can he get back to, to a moto win? Or was that Unadilla at the end of the year? Are we going to look at that? podium at Unadilla that he rode into, by the way. It's not like he whole shot and held on. He, he rode up into it. Uh, are we going to look at that Unadilla podium and just wonder what the hell happened? Yeah, I mean, that's a good track for him. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where he made his 450 debut as well, and he battled for a podium there, too, with uh, with Dunge and Bill Poto. So it's not mind-blowing to me um, that he was up there. Uh, it's just a little bit abnormal for how his season's gone i don't expect to see that this weekend uh, this track just not that there's anything wrong with justin barsha riding a butts creek it just doesn't jump off the page as one he would excel at but iron man is one he's had a lot of success at he's been on the podium several times there so mm-hmm. if we do run into you know a, um averse weather or anything for iron man you know he's going to go in there with a lot of confidence uh but yeah if if Unadilla's first moto is the best moto of his outdoor season, it would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be one of those ones that jumps out on the page at the end of the year when you're scanning the points. You're like, huh? Oh, yeah. I well, that. yes. I mean, same as A1, right? right. I right. mean, A1 was like, where did that come from? Right. Yep. Uh, all right, before we let you go here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, presented by Get, 100% Pro Taper and Maxis. Uh, Jason Thomas on the line from uh, Fly Racing. Before we let you go, Got a tip the other night uh, from somebody that uh, obviously, look, we think the Brayton thing is Brayton's going to leave MCR and uh, on good terms and everything and going to jump in at Factory Honda for Supercross only. Not sure what what Factory Honda is going to do for outdoors, but that looks like it's a done deal uh, going to happen. I don't think it's done deal, I should, but it looks like it's going to happen. So then if you go to um, uh, further down the line, Motor Concepts is going to have an opening. And I, I was on record as saying Marty, put Marty there. You were on the show on Monday and, you know, said Bogle. Then I find out that Sav- they're talking to Savachi. And that puzzles me. Like, why, if you're Joey, the JGR spot's just sitting there, right? I mean, I don't think they have a mm-hmm. contract for him, but if they close that casino deal, which they, it looks like they will, once they had the casino deal done, they'd be able to sign a 450 guy and they need a guy and Joey will be the guy and all that. It's such a natural fit. Looks like it's going to happen. Why would you, if you're Joey, why would you do a team with Supercross only at this stage of your career? Well, I think there's a couple things in play. For one, you said one big part of it. Uh, he does not have a an offer or a contract from JGR yet, right? Yeah, not apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So if that's the case, let's assume it is, you have to – go out and get other options. I mean, he doesn't even have a concrete job offer, so you need to be exploring every possibility uh, just in case something happens. And secondarily, the only way to create more value for yourself is to create more interest. So competition always breeds a better offer. Mm -hmm. And for his agent, Lucas Myrtle, that's his job. Go out and, and field every offer you can, and then that's going to raise the urgency from these prospective teams, and you get a higher offer and an earlier offer because now there's urgency. 
So to me, it's more just Luke is doing his job. He's out there, you know, um, shaking every tree and seeing what's available and what offers are out there, and then they compare and make the best decision possible. But if all things equal, at his stage, you wouldn't sign with MCR, would you? All things equal, I would sign with JGR contingent upon the fact that you get your offer that you're hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, no, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I mean. When can, I say all things equal, I mean yeah, there's an offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah, just, yeah, but, he's, too, you know, he's too young them, to skip outdoors. They, they can't, ass- right. Well, they, but they can't assume no. that this deal's going to get done. What if the casino deal doesn't get done? He has nothing. Yes. And they haven't even started talking right, to anybody right. else, you know? One thing, man, like Brayton's told a few people, like with the bonus structure that MCR has, Mike Genova pays you to perform. Um, mm-hmm. Brayton killed it, Brayton money-wise. He absolutely killed it, you know? So that could be yeah, something with, Joey, with Joey's results, that, that could be something really good. Yeah, and you've got to think, um, you know, there was so much talk about Joey maybe going to Honda. Mm-hmm. If, for some reason, he ended up at MCR, I would not be surprised to see Honda helping Joey no. with uh, yeah. the technical side. Like a Brayton. Like Brayton did, uh, which too, is right? a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just that's a pretty attractive option to have access to factory Honda stuff. And then if they give you this package where you can make a ton of money, um, it's it's not a horrible option. You've seen that they can be successful over there between Mookie and Justin Brayton both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be interesting to see what they do, right? Either way. Yeah, I, I, in my, my honest opinion and being completely transparent, I think it's more leverage than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the way the game's played. So then Marty... 450 only. 450 supercross only makes so much sense. Marty. Yes, but I would choose Bogle over Marty. I would. Um, that's just my opinion. So if it, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but if Bogle's left with nothing, then I'm Justin Bogle. I, I for sure end up there on yeah. really good equipment and put yeah. myself in a position to do well. Yeah, bike's, bike's good, right? So. Yeah, and, and there's usually – Someone looking for a fill-in for outdoors. You know, look at Freddie Noren. Look at there's there's these things happen. People get hurt, and uh, the chances of him finding a spot on a factory bike outdoors is not very. You know, it's, I wouldn't say it's a lock, but it's right. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You just never really know, do you? Uh, all right. Before we let you go, MXDN team was named. It's a team we all expected. We we just uh, mm-hmm. we just anthem just show up. Yeah, it's worked for us for. Seven years now. <laughs> you feel good? How you feel? You, you, you gonna be? I don't. No, no. I don't at all. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you do, you can't even offer you can't even offer like some optimism here as far as like ah, you know. No, I mean I've I've gone into this race like almost expecting to win, and we weren't even close. I mean the closest we've been really was Majora. Um, France, we rode really well, but we were clearly the second best team to to the French. Majora, we could have won, absolutely could have. That's really the only time I felt that way. And then the rest of the times, I mean, Torchenthal, not really. Um, what else? Uh, Latvia. Where were we in 17? Oh, yeah. Uh, Matterly, we weren't even in the race. Latvia. And then, uh, yeah, Redbud, we got smoked. So okay. yeah. it, we really haven't even been close. You know, we got lapped at, at Wamel. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, how can I feel good about going in? I, I'm hopeful. I, you know, Sunday morning I'll be talking myself into something. You but will as of be. right now, yeah, I have no be. reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I will. I will. But as of right now, looking at it from the outside, I don't see how on paper anybody will be able to beat the Dutch. Yeah. I don't know how that will be possible. Need a rock. Need a rock. Anything. Need a rock, know, need a yeah. rock to Vlanderen's eye again. Yeah, Vlanderen can't race. That's the only way we have a chance. <laughs> That's what we're going on. So I. Yeah, I mean, the French will be good, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, and I've argued with Paul Parabinos about this. He thinks the French are the team to beat again. Uh, but having been, I've raced in Holland in the sand a few times. I was just at Wommel. Uh With Hurling's back, Vlanderen's pretty decent. Uh, I think they're the, the definitive favorite going in, in my opinion. All right. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Enjoy Minneapolis and the Fly Racing sales meeting there. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, man. All right, guys. See, All right. ya. See ya. That's Jason Thomas, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by Get 100% Pro Taper and Maxis. Moto 60 code at checkout at ride100%.com to save 25% on casual apparel and accessories. ProTaper.com, Maxis.com, and the folks at Get 
getdata.it. Thanks to the folks at Get uh, for everything that they do. Athena as well, absolutely killing it. So, And, of course, Fly Racing. Let's get to our next guest on the show from Swap Moto Live. It's uh, Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? How are you? What's going on, buddy? How are you guys? We're good, man. It's 702-586-7857. We are still looking to give away the Fly Racing 2020 uh, Evo set of gear. So uh, give us a call. We're still looking forward to that. Uh, since we were talking about Savachi, and I'm going to ask you about it too, Anton, but Jonesy's on one, and he wants to talk about Joey Savachi. Uh, what's up, Jonesy? What's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's happening? Uh, curious, man. Hey, can you think of anybody that, uh, I mean, and, and Moto results signed contracts, and it always has been the case. Can you think of anybody whose stock has dropped more, maybe due to the likability, than Joey Savachi? I mean, coming out of the 250 class, uh, maybe not the industry professionals, but the industry in general is like, I don't even think he deserves the ride after his last 250 year. But you yeah. look back and he had a really solid 250 career. And quite frankly, his results this year are a surprise to most people. But they are. looking at his career, they probably shouldn't be. Nope. Um, I think uh, just his image, his likability is kind of what is yeah. shadowing a lot of it. Yeah, he, you know, he's not a fan of mine. We don't talk much. We've talked a little bit, though. Um, you know, I've asked him to come on some shows. He's like, no. He's just, he's not thrilled with me. And I don't know why. I've written a lot of good things about him this year. And it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Jonesy, not that I, not that I judge social media, uh, you know, in a, in a way that, you know, makes it the final verdict. But, uh, Anton, Jonesy's right. Like, there's not a lot of fans that are just like, yeah, Savachi, I love him. He's great. And Joey himself has to take some of that blame, Anton. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a reserved guy compared to some other people. And the times that he does decide to post or say something, it's not exactly the cut-from-the-same-mold Instagram post or whatever that other guys have. He was talking about video games or fantasy stuff or whatever. You never really get a lot of insight as to what's going on Monday through Friday in his training life. Um, I think that that does help, and then he comes off – he just comes off the wrong way. But then when you hear an interview of him, he's super transparent. He'll, he talks for a long time. You ask him one question, you get a five-minute answer. Uh-huh. He'll tell you exactly what's going on. You just have to get to him. Um, but, yeah, I do agree that I think after that Vegas thing, his stock really took a hit, took a little bit for it to get going. There was a ton of people that didn't think that he deserved that, the ride that he got for this one year. And he came out and proven that he had the potential to do what he did in Supercross. Uh, it sucks that outdoors has gone the way it has because the bike hasn't. Bikes just had issues that have been out of his control. But he could, and he's a, I like Joey. Like, he and I talk quite a bit. He could be a little bit more open. Just being more open makes more people a fan of you. I think that's well, why so many people like certain writers is because they see what they do or they have a personality and joey's just like nah i just want to do the work and, and keep and, one side of me to one side and one to the other and 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 also he he gets some hits on social media for different stuff he lashes back at times which you're never going to win that and that causes him no. to retreat even further into this thing where it's like yeah. i don't want it i don't want anything to do with the fans and then i don't want to do it with any of this stuff yeah yet. yeah and it's actually the wrong attitude to have the attitude to have is come back out and be funny and engaging and open and everything else and you and just skip over the haters you know like a couple weeks ago he went at parabinos on twitter and i'm just like why are you doing that dude like you know for fantasy stuff like you know you're not going to win that you just look like an idiot to everybody that reads that you know uh you're a professional athlete you're making a lot of money and you got to take the good with the bad and the bad of being a professional athlete making a lot of money is that you're going to have guys on social media saying dumb things about you or people being critical of you but there's also going to be people being praising of you and you just got to roll with the punches and move on and Joey doesn't seem to get that you know so it seems like it seems like the people that he does um respond to are kind of in different positions like Parabinos being an industry guy if he would have said that to just a fan, everybody would have been like, ha, 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 ha. But it being Paul, who runs a brand and all this other stuff, it kind of has a different weight to it. Yeah. To do it publicly is one – to have a dispute with someone personally and privately is one thing. To do it publicly is another. You I mean, know, obviously, look, Paul's a friend of mine. There's a lot of – It's not smart stuff. to do yeah. that. It's not smart to do that. Yeah, it's just – 
yeah, there's a lot of different stuff. And I could see where, on his perspective, like for Paul, Paul is a huge fantasy guy. It would probably suck to have somebody that at some point in the future could determine your paycheck, how many, like say Joey does get a JGR deal. That's a pro taper brand. How much is Joey going to be put in ads if he's the pro taper JGR guy? Are you going to have a dispute with this guy, or do you have to let bygones be bygones and just get past it? There's a lot of different moving parts when you have these disagreements with people and how you pick and choose what ones you're going to have. Yeah. All right, Jonesy. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I don't mind Joey. He, uh, him and I talked a little bit here and there, uh, but I just, I just, his, his whole PR thing to me is a bit of a mystery. And, hey, you are what you are. That's what you are going to be. But, you know, I think you got to have a little bit thicker skin. That's all. I mean, I think everybody's different in their own way. Uh, he could be the same guy that just posts, yeah, another so-and-so weekend or whatever, and, and I don't think he would be in the same position. Unless you do something to separate yourself from everybody, to right. be unique, it just gets lost in the thing. If he posted every Saturday night or Sunday morning, these were my results this weekend, going to go start grinding, everybody would be like, yeah, he's a clown because he sounds like everybody else. Like, yeah. You're kind of in a no-win situation sure. unless you're unique. Just turn off your comments, maybe, if you can't handle that stuff, too. Post something and turn off your comment. That's why your sponsors get happy, your fans get to see what you're doing, and t- turn off your comments that you know that they bug the shit out of you. You know? Yeah, so. you just kind of, you got to do the, like what Mosman does. Like, Mosman just deletes the app. Like, he makes his post, deletes the app. Makes his post, deletes the app again. Oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, I was talking to some manager the other day, and he was like, he's telling me, he's like, Mathis. These fucking kids, they live on this social media, man. They, they read every comment. They, they live and die by it. And these mm-hmm. kids are making $250,000 a year racing a dirt bike, and they're 19 years old. They, they're winning at life. They're winning. They're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. making a quarter million dollars. They're winning. The guy on the couch that works at McDonald's tells them that you know he's a goof-off, and it just fucking digs these kids. Just gets into them. You're like, why? Social media, man. You know? It's weird, too. I mean, you and I have had our share of people that come at us. Like, the most recent dickhead that came at you has called me every name in the book at certain points in time. It's like, yeah, you kind of have to see it, but at the same time, too, you don't give these idiots any kind of momentum. You just fucking let them cry, and then you just ignore them. Yeah. Like they're talking to seven followers. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Just, dude, like I said, you're making a quarter million dollars racing dirt bikes. You're winning in the game of life. So Yeah, you're fine. Right. Uh, all right, let's get to some phone calls here. Matt, you want to talk about Jet Lawrence? Yeah, uh, last time I heard he was going to go back down to amateurs um, after his performance at a Unadilla. Do you see him staying up? Yeah, we, we talked about this on Monday, Pulp Show, a little bit. What do you think, Anton? Oh, okay. Like, No, 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 that's fine, but I'm just saying, like, Anton, we all thought, like, wow, I guess – I think it was JT or maybe Max was saying, if he keeps it getting top tens, why not just jump up into pro? Or maybe Damon said that. I just think the team is so full and so booked that almost no matter what Jet Lawrence does, he's going to race amateurs again. But what do you hear, Anton? So his plan is finish out these last three, and then there is no confirmed, like, okay, Anaheim won. you got to be ready to do this. Uh, if everything goes well, he wants to race some Supercrosses next year, kind of on the same program we have right now. And then are we, are we good? Yeah, we're good. I don't, uh, Matt's got uh, Matt's got Matt's in a tunnel, or Matt's got a, an airplane jet going by him, or, or something. So we'll let him nothing. go. Go ahead. Uh, um, but yeah, he wants to do some Supercross races next year, just to get a vibe for it. He's going to start practicing that. Uh, he's going to do amateur all stars. I think a couple guys actually are. I think uh, him and Mumford are going to do it. Shimoda and Swole are technically like full pro guys. I don't think the team wants him playing around in the amateur class anymore. So he'll do amateur all-stars at Monster Cup, try to do a couple of Supercross races next year, and then I heard the plan is for him to go pro at Hangtown. How can you do Supercrosses with not being a pro? Did I miss a rule change? I think, I think no, I think then like that would be like, hey, I'm going to go pro, but I'm not going to do the full tour. I'm just going to do a handful, like pick and choose. Oh, okay, but then not, you know what I mean? but then not race Loretta's and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then do, and then start everything fresh at okay. Hangtown. Oh, okay. Be like, okay, right. now I'm the guy, you know. Nothing, uh, nothing says amateur all stars at the Monster Cup like lining up next to a kid that did six motos as a pro on a Geico bike. 
yeah, we got to figure out what what we're doing with all this stuff because there is so much like discrepancy. The amateur all star thing, like just say, yo, this is a class for twenty and under. Like if you're a guy that's trying to make your way, like this is your your stepping stone instead of yeah this big mix bag. It, we're never going to figure it out. And I think as we go further and further, uh, MX Sports wanting to do their thing to have amateur guys failed, wanting to have their amateur series to groom guys into Supercross, we're going to see a lot of lines get blurred. Money! It's a blast. Hey man, it's all there's money. There's a lot of it. It's there's all money. Of it MX amateurs. Sports failed. Gimme, gimme, gimme more money. And they see it in the amateurs, and they're all over it. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it boils down You know, down and to. like the... Cr- the crazy thing, if you watch any other form of motorsport, I mean, there are some that do have a lot of am- like money that flows through amateur racing, but it blows me away that more of these companies don't take their money and some of that budget and put it towards a guy like a LeMay or a John Short or whoever and support those guys and not put so much pressure on seven amateur kids that as soon as they turn 17, they're like, oh, well, you did kind of shitty at Loretta's. We're done. Yeah. Like, it... You just blew a million dollars. Like, say you pay a kid $200,000 or whatever over a lifetime. You do that for five kids. You blew a million dollars for nothing. You have nothing to show for it, and only a handful, comparatively, are watching Loretta's compared to every Supercross or every National. It's such a backward system, but we're so far gone that it'll never change. Don't get me started, Anton. We don't have enough time. We just I don't know. have enough time. Uh, John, what's going on, man? How are you, John? Hey. What's up, guys? So the first thing I want to say is since we're in the fly racing show, uh, I have a 10-year-old pair of uh, fly racing, uh, I think it's F-16 gear that I'm still rocking, still in good shape, comfortable, quality product. So this stuff lasts. I am uh, only a couple times a year rider, so, you know, it's oh. lasted this long for a reason. You're, you're, but needless to say, the reason I the called old? was last year with our uh, MX The Nation swap, I was there, by the way, um, you know, Eli had the new 2019 bike. Do you think that teams are going to be less likely to try out the next year model bike in the season now with the risk of having the bike not perform as well as they expect it to? I don't think so. What do you think, Anton? No. Uh, That was – I kind of think that Cowie went into donations thinking, like, wow, this is a can't-lose situation. Like, these guys are going to come in and kill it, and this is going to be the best debut for the bike. (laughs) And then everything went against them. Uh, I just think that teams haven't developed certain things to that point. Like Yamaha has 2020 YZ450s in the dealerships right now. Their guys aren't going to race them until they're not going to touch one until after Ironman. You know, I I don't think that they're more hesitant to. I just think that they put so much time and effort into one thing that they're not going to reset the whole thing midway through. But every now and then you will see where brands would try to do that. You know, Honda's already or you know, made it clear toward the 250 and the 450 2020 models can race the rest of the summer. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, uh, like if if the model years are different, like, you know, obviously it was a new model year, but if the models, you know, if the model year didn't change that much, are they more likely to try out the next year? So that's it. Why would they do it, though, if it's not ad- advantageous, you know? True, true. Yeah, like 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 with, with Cowie switching and, and, and with RV and Cowie switching with Tomac, they, in all their opinion, the, the changes were advantageous and an improvement, so they wanted to get that thing. And Yamaha did it, too, one year. They wanted to get that thing on the track ASAP. But if they've only made minor stuff, then why bother, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'll tell you what, though, John. Cool. We're going we're to replace your ratty old gear, fly racing gear, with some new 2020 stuff. Oh, uh, you're the man, Steve. Yeah. I mean, Appreciate I don't know it. if that's why you told us that, to try to hint at it. I don't really know. But it's getting near well, the end of the show, and I, we only I have... I rarely catch the show live, and I'm like, I'm still rocking that old gear. Let's see if I can get some pity uh, price uh, here. Yeah, well, you got it, bro. Nice nice job. Nice play on that. Uh, stay on hold, all right? Tits will get your information. Got it. All right. Thanks, John. Uh, Anton, um, are you a test rider now? Is that what you do at Swap Motor Appar- Live? Uh, apparently. <laughs> Apparently. You, you, you got to uh, do everything. You can't just be in one. You can't just be one guy anymore. No, no. So you've never been a big bike tester guy. You've never been. A, you've ride a, a YZ125 for a long time. Uh, but you're going to start getting involved more of that? As much as I can, I, th- I, I think. Uh, I had a lot of fun yesterday doing that. And having a guy like Pat Foster, Mike Sweeter, and then, of course, Don, to have those three guys to, to guide you along. It's pretty hard to uh, miss the mark with those guys teaching you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do more I, because 
I was pretty hesitant to do it in the first place. I'm just like, Ugh. but now that I've done it, I know how bikes work. I know how, why brands do certain things they do like Honda changing the inside of the muffler or going to a shorter brake line to have more pressure on the rotor. Like all that stuff can make me a better guy when I go to these pro races and see what teams are doing on the bike. So I kind of got to do much, much more now. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You'll be doing a little bit of that. Well, I'll be at a, a Yamaha intro next week. Blue crew 450. Looking forward to it. Oh, that. here we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I will be down in SoCal testing that thing out. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, on the Joey thing that you and JT were talking about on on Suzuki and JGR and all yeah. that stuff, I talked yeah. to I talked to J Bone in the morning on Saturday. Uh huh. Um, that whole multi year contract thing, I guess that that maybe that was a, a possibility at the at first, but now it's not. The big thing he says that's holding them back from signing any rider to a multi year contract is they only have one more year left on their current deal with Suzuki, mm-hmm. and although they think like hey, yeah, we are definitely going to re-sign this. Yep. He doesn't want to have – he doesn't want to extend himself as a team too much to one person without the OEM supporting them too. Sure. So I think that yeah. that's also kind of kind of a perfect storm of stuff working against Joey right now. Now, of course, uh, Suzuki's got no other option, and I'm sure it'll work out, and I'm sure they'll be back. But until that deal is done, you're right. You don't want to commit to it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it, it's just – it's a weird year. Like, this is a really – strange year all the way around uh it would be good to do like a bigger podcast or or write up or something to talk about all these elements that are at play because you know honda's got honda's doing all their stuff to save a spot for sexton in 21 uh ktm you know has their two guys a bunch of guys that have been around in the sport like these icons they're nearing the end of their careers you know tomac roxon Moosecan, these are probably the last deals of their career Mm -hmm. so it's like we're about to see a whole new guard change again. And it's just an interesting time in the in the market. And, in, and then in addition to that, I know you could give a shit. KTM is upping their involvement in MotoGP. That's going to be a lot of money, and that budget is going to get misdirected or redirected from somewhere to that. The budgets are going to change. They should the take it from the years. amateurs. They should take it all from the amateurs. I kind of think that that might be in play as well. Um. So if you're Savachi, are you? I was telling JT earlier, like, uh, and I get the leverage thing, and I get the shaking the trees and everything that JT was saying, but you just you can't do a Moto Concepts deal if you're Joey Savachi. You you can't go Supercross no. only. Like you're not there yet. You're not a Brayton or Mookie or whatever. And like, I mean, you could. He has the Supercross results from one season to back it up. But you don't want people to forget about you for six months of the year. Yeah. You know, from May to September, nobody's going to hear about you. You could go make a good amount of money if you go race Australia and go race in Europe and stuff like that, like he's doing. But to do that and to have that kind of uh, that fan base, you have to. You just have to be a completely different person. You know, Joey's not at that point yet. Joey has no. to do at least two more years of just gutting it out, full twenty-nine race seasons to figure out, like, okay, hey, I'm set now. It's yeah. hard to be set when you're 25 years old and in your first 450. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but again, yeah, leverage is everything, so why not do it, right? Um, yeah. But the, yeah. And J-Bone, of course, being way too honest, probably just told you the same thing that he told me, where he's waiting for the casino deal to offer anybody anything. Yep, yeah. and I, that's fair, because oh, the course, only guy yeah. that's got a confirmed deal next year is Alex. You know, Alex is the only guy with a, yeah. a sure spot. You know, yeah. we know Chad is going. We know they want Freddie to come back and do the Nationals when Chad leaves. But then their whole 250 program, you know, there's a, there was four guys on that team this year. Yeah. Which of those four guys comes back? Where does Teasdale fit in? Because he's contingent on this whole thing as well. He's earned himself a ride. You know, he's pretty good. There's there's a lot of places that J-Bone's really got to figure out what they're going to do over there. Yeah, a lot of balls still in the air for that. And if it takes much longer, they're going to lose out on some good 250 guys, you know? So yeah, they really got to get their, their, their stuff in gear. Uh, I don't know about that because there are a lot of guys that have no offers, like a Jordan Bailey, an yeah. Oldenburg. Like, Oldenburg has some things out there, but there are guys that you could pick up for a deal at the last minute and, and revitalize their whole career. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. All right, Anton, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at Bud's Creek. You leave tonight. You'll be at Press Day tomorrow for the Bud's Creek race, and mm-hmm. uh, and I will see you Saturday. Yep. So uh, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. No problem. All right, Anton. Uh, Swap Moto Live, everybody. Check it out. And Michael Antonovich's stuff over there. Thank you, uh, Pro Taper. Thanks, uh, Maxis, 100% Get, for doing the show. 
penultimate show, Tits, tonight. It's bittersweet. Taser Life is waiting for you on oh, Thursdays now. Oh, yeah, buddy. Fuck Randy Richardson and his, his non, <laughs> non-intense non e-bike. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Glad we uh, helped out today, and uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. All right? All right.